Welcome back to Dishing It, your podcast loaded with food and travel inspiration from all across Scotland. So we're now at episode five and so far this series I've caught up with four guests who've joined to share their dream food safaris covering their must-time locations from all across Scotland. Today's episode however is a little different as I switch up the format to talk all things health and fitness with the Kilted Coaches. Behind the kilts are Stephen and Rab, who joined forces to shake up the face of health and fitness many years ago. Now years on, they've supported thousands in reaching their fitness goals, which has led them to publish a book and even step into the TV world with their series, The Secret Body, on BBC Scotland. I first discovered these guys through social media, and if you don't follow the kilted coaches, they're definitely worth a follow. They're never far away from taking a humorous look at health and fitness in their vlogs and videos on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and YouTube. But underneath the laughs is a mantra of happiness, compassion and building plans around their clients and not clients around their plans. If you're after a bit of motivation, health hacks or maybe some easy wins, this episode is right up your street. But just a warning, this episode may contain some strong language. Enjoy! So there's been Beauty and the Beast, Ant and Deck and the Chuckle Brothers, but today the Hippie and the Geek, also known as the Kilted Coaches, join me to talk things all diet, fitness, and of course share their dream food safari across Scotland. Stephen and Rab, welcome to Dishing It. <laughs> Great to be here, Colin. Thanks, Colin. That's the first time that somebody's referred to us as the Hippie and the Geek. It's your homework. I remember picking it up in one of your videos, so I thought, better time to include it in this. What's been the agenda for today, guys? Um, we actually had a wee trip over to Glasgow today, actually, on a, on a different podcast. Um, so we've nice. had a wee day trip out. It's been nice. Um, a little bit of filming for our for our vlog, which will go out on Friday. Um, yeah, a fairly chill day, but a long day. We're, we're both actually quite tired now, so we've, we've got the energy up for this, this uh, podcast, and then we're probably going to go and have a wee power nap. <laughs> Good. Well, I was going to say, hopefully this podcast doesn't put you to sleep, so fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed. Forward. <laughs> no pressure at all. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I've followed you guys for uh, some time now on social media, and it's safe to say your content is never far from dull. So where did the Kilted co- Coaches all start for you guys? Well, we were both personal trainers. For, well, we've been personal trainers for 17 years, but Kilted Coaches have been running for seven of those. And um, we both became family men. And we met up one day. We hadn't seen a lot of each other um, because when we became family men, we spent all our time working and providing... And we met up for a boozy lunch and when we had a chat about it, we, we realised that we had similar kind of um, ideas of what we wanted to do with the fitness industry or the fitness industry in general. And we realised that um, a lot of people in the fitness industry were making themselves very unhappy trying to pursue the body, the physique that they thought were going to solve all their problems. We also wanted to extend our message you know, across the world or to as many people as possible. And we were aware that with our personal training businesses, we were at the mercy of how many hours there were in a day. So we wanted to build a business that would be able to be scalable and you know, make more use of our time. So we came together. The first incarnation of the Kelly Coaches was not the Kelly Coaches. Um, and then we made a bunch of videos. The message was the same, but we made a bunch of videos. And someone said, gave us a bit of advice that you can't get away from the fact you're Scottish, so just own it. So we thought, we will. So we put the kilts on. And we just rolled with it from there. And that was from 2016. And we've never looked back. And that's it. All good ideas start with a boozy brunch. <laughs> uh, absolutely. It was, it was, yeah, it was a very nice boozy lunch. Um, really come, come to terms with being fathers and all that time that we were spending in the business and not with our children. It was, it was tough. So, um, yeah, 
a couple of bottles of wine sorts that out very, very quickly. Definitely. And was um, fitness something you guys did like after leaving school? Was that kind of the careers you fell into or were you doing other jobs before you fell into fitness? I think we've both been into fitness for a very long time. You know, even in our school days, we very much into sport and, and activity, just enjoy looking after ourselves and the energy that that brings. You know, it's not just about how you look, but it's how you feel on a day-to-day basis. And when you're playing sport as a kid and running around and being active, all it takes is for you then to have a few weeks off of that, maybe during the school holidays, although you're still active, um, maybe a, a sickness bug or something that stops you and you realise how much you miss it and you realise how much your mood then goes down. So I think from a very young age, we recognised how being active and eating good food, being happy, you know, essentially filtered into the rest of our lives, the other areas of our life. Um, and so I think it was just a natural progression from school to then go on, right, what do we want to do? Um, we both did have other jobs initially, um, but, you know, it comes to the stage where you go, right, I need to pursue this now. And actually, when you feel like you've got so much benefit from something, you can't help share it with other people. Like, you're like this has changed my life. There's not changed my life, but this has benefits my life in all these ways. I have to share that with, with other people because there are people who are not active, not looking after themselves and quite unhappy and, and unhealthy physically, mentally and emotionally. Um, and so I think it was when you've got a passion for people and you can see what helps you, you go, right, well, I can then, I can teach that. And that, that's where really that passion came from. Nice. And you've helped thousands of uh, clients over the years. And what has been your biggest challenge in kind of personal training? You can both answer that separately. You've had separate challenges. The biggest challenge I always found was not the client losing weight the first time. It's when the lost weight went away for any period of time. And for whatever reason, the weight come back on. Then they come back to you like, Rab, you know, it's all come back on. Let's get going again. And I found the biggest challenge was... um, you know, navigating that journey the second time. Because the first time through, as they lose weight, they get success, they're excited, it's fresh. And, you know, the the rewards are reflecting the effort and they they just keep going because every week they're getting exactly what they're, they're getting out of it, what they're putting into it. The second time around, they always feel like they're chasing their tail. So the real challenge there is motivating the person from a different perspective, you know, because generally the, the recipe is the same. You know, you, you're going to give them similar training, slightly different, but similar. Nutrition is going to be the same because their body pretty much going to miss. There's a big gap in between. Um, but it's about getting the mind right the second time around. And that's probably been one of the biggest challenges, I would say. Stephen, is that similar for you? Pretty much, to be honest, yeah. Colin. And I would probably maybe add to that. And, and the biggest challenge is sometimes your own um, knowledge as well. So, like, you help somebody lose weight. And it's great and everything's fantastic. But then you, you see somebody else and maybe they don't get results. And you go, oh, shit, actually, I don't know everything. And I think when a lot of personal trainers personal trainers fall down is when the ego gets the best of them. And they go, oh, but you're clearly not listening to me because you're not getting results. And so that challenges to always grow and learn as a coach um, and to say, right, actually, I'm totally into fitness. That's what, how it all started. But when something doesn't get results, you go, okay, well, why are you not getting results? Let's talk about your food. And then you delve into that and then more people get results. And then there's some little group that are not getting results. You go, actually, psychology is playing a lot into this because I'm telling you to do these things, but you're not quite doing them. Let's delve into the psychology behind why you're doing these things. And you can't help but then be 
a life coach. And as we delve into, you know, become NLP practitioners and become life coaches and meditation teachers, and suddenly you're just expanding. And I think when you have that mindset of, I want things to be perfect, it never can be, and you can never be the perfect coach. And I think you get to a certain level, you go, I need to stop branching out. I need to be more specialist in, in the type of person I'm going to help because um, there's so many different avenues that you can go down when it comes to weight loss and learning different things. You can be the jack of all trades and master of none, which is a benefit sometimes. You can actually look at all these different aspects and go, here's what I think you need to do. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's sort of just constantly learning and we're still doing that to this day. You know, as much as you know, we know exactly what we're doing, we like to think we're pretty good at what we do, our results speak for themselves, there's always more to learn. Yeah. Definitely. And that's the thing I think, like, obviously, there's lots of different fitness practices out there and everyone's got their own way of doing things. Happiness takes a big focus with you guys. It's all about the mindset. How important is it getting that mindset right, right at the start of a, a fitness journey? It's, it's the key to it all. There's a lot of good trainers out there and a lot of good programs out there. But not every program will work for you because it all comes down to you as an individual and your mindset when you embark on that journey. Um, sometimes people look at a plan, they might buy into a plan, but they weren't right mentally, and I mean this in the right position in terms of, you know, the stages of change model of where to start. They were willing to accept that they had an issue. They were looking at ways to fix it, but they weren't actually ready to engage in the process. And that's when a lot of people, well, I'm sure they can relate to this, but they've spent money on something and didn't use it. Whereas when they're in the right place mentally and emotionally, they will spend money on a product, whether it's a program or a bit of kit, and then they will use it. And that suggests that they were in the right place mentally and emotionally. Our job as, as coaches is to ensure the person gets into that right place mentally and emotionally and then stays there when they inevitably fall off the wagon because falling off the wagon is part of the plan. Everybody's going to do it at some point, if not multiple times. And it's about navigating that fall when it happens and getting them back on the plan and showing them that you're human. It's going to happen get back up, dust yourself off and get back on there. And that's where you build mental strength as well. I've just noticed, Stephen, are you wearing your kilt? Uh, yes, we both are. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Branded as well. Love it. <laughs> is it uh, Kilted Coach's very own tartan? It is, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All back. Nice. So we always say that um, our online membership, we become family, you know, and, and we call it affectionately, we call it our clan. You know, so our, our online clan is, is our members, and um, we couldn't we couldn't not create our own tartan because you know what tartan and kilt represent for us. Yes, you know when a Scotsman puts a kilt on, we're having fun that day. You know it's just this unspoken rule: when you've got a kilt on, you're, you're going to have a good day. Yeah. And that's what's helped our business quite a lot. But it's more than that because you know if you think back to when kilts were sort of first around and what what your different tartans represented. It represented your allegiance to something like a, 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 an extended family of sorts. It wasn't just a family unit, a family tartan. It was like, no, no, well, it's actually, you could have the, the Campbell tartan, but actually they're not all Campbells aware. It's just the Campbell tartan, and actually it's everyone who associates with them and, and who are in alliance with them. So we couldn't not create the Kilted Coaches tartan because, you know, Ram and I are like brothers, you know, we're brothers from other mothers. And... You know, we've kind of gone through like a lot throughout our life, but when it comes to our online members, they then become part of our family. And, you know, um, kilts are actually not available at the moment to buy, but they were, <laughs> and they will be again uh, once just, we, we were just changing a few things around. 
um, because people want to be associated with that and want like that allegiance. So yeah, absolutely. It's the guilty approach is starting. That's amazing. You guys are on TikTok, aren't you? Just, but we're very, we're very new. They were very green. Teetering, teetering on TikTok. Um, well, my TikTok, obviously, the algorithm find different stuff and random things all the time. And something that came up recently was a personal trainer called Drew Manning in America who had the challenge of um, his clients were struggling to lose weight, and he kept on getting the pushback that they would say, "You don't understand what it's like being like me." So he deliberately put on weight to be in their shoes type thing but I was wondering for you guys is that a barrier you guys face quite a lot is with your clients maybe thinking you guys don't know what it's like to be me when they're going through maybe their struggle points of their weight loss journey yeah I'll probably tackle it from two different perspectives first and foremost a personal trainer putting weight on to then lose it again is not in the same shoes it's just point black it's not the same thing a personal trainer to put on weight it's very, very easy for them to lose it again because they're not in great habits. They're not overweight for any other reason. And we've already talked on this podcast about mindset being the most important thing. A personal trainer's already got the mindset of, I am fit and healthy. And that, that would be a message to anybody who's listening to this. That first and foremost, it's having that identity of, I am a fit and healthy person. And then your actions then speak louder than any words that you've got. Like, okay, well, if I am that person, then you know, your, your daily habits start to represent that. So I disagree with that being, you know, a show of, oh, I know what it's like now. Yeah. You don't. However, I also can't say that I know because I've never been overweight and I've never been in that shoes. But it's not about what you've gone through yourself. It's about what you can help people with. It's about creating that identity of here's what it means to be fit, healthy, happy. And it's being compassionate. You know, and, and the number one key for any coach is compassion. Just have compassion. I might not un- fully understand because I'm not being there myself, but I can appreciate that you've got things going on. You, somebody who's overweight, you're not overweight because you don't know how to, you know, eat a salad and, and go for a walk. You're overweight because you've got some emotional stuff going on. Your mindset is maybe not quite right. You're maybe stressed. You're maybe overworked. You maybe got a family that you're trying to look after that you can't look after yourself there's a bunch of reasons and as a coach all it takes is for you to be compassionate about those reasons and ask the question i can't i can put my shoes in it's just this is here if i put overweight if i put myself overweight then i know what it's like for everybody who's overweight like yeah no because they're not two people the same so the reason that we're good coaches not because we know how what it's like to be overweight it's because we're compassionate and we ask the question how are you today to our members? How is it going? Let us know. And then we come up with all sorts of different stories from our members and we go, great, tell us more about that. Let's try and figure this out together. And that's where good results come from. All comes back to mindset. And that's that's a thing when I was kind of delving further into it, when I saw it, I could see other personal trainers doing the same thing. And I thought the exact same was like, surely that can't be the same. Because me, myself, I lost weight a few years ago. And obviously being a young kid growing up, always being overweight, like it is a completely different ballgame to someone putting it on for the period of six months and then yeah. losing it again. It's completely, completely different, but I'm glad it's not just me who was thinking that. So that's, <laughs> that's one. Great. So a video of yours um, that always sticks in my mind is the who needs a gym when you have Scotland video, uh, when you use the whole outdoors as your gym, essentially. But what is a simple and straightforward workout everyone can do at home with what they've got in the house? 
Well, just use body weight stuff, you know, um, your, your compound movements, squats and things, you can do those anywhere. Um, Press-ups, you can do variations of them, whether they're flat on the floor or if you can't do them, you can do them elevated, um, do them from the knees. Um, from home as well, there are certain things that you can create weights with. Now, if you're bottled water, you know, you can fill that up and use them as, as weights and do high repetitions. You'd be amazed at what you can have a good workout with. You don't need fancy equipment. It's about working with what you have. I used to be a mobile personal trainer, still am to a certain extent. So I go to people's houses and I have a look around and what have you got? And, you know, you can use chairs for dips and whatever else. And you, you work around the problem rather than saying you need fancy equipment or big machines or everything. No, you don't. You work with what you have. And I recommend everyone listening to go watch that video because it is also a good watch, but also you get some tips. Like using yeah. a log for weights. It's great. <laughs> um, and I'm always on the lookout for a sweet craving hack. I've got a pretty bad sweet tooth, but what is um, a good taste settler when it comes to a sugar craving? Um, so my, my favourite would probably be roast veg with a lot of glaze of honey, um, especially roast um, root veg. Um, so carrots, parsnips, especially. I absolutely love parsnips. But a wee bit of oil initially, just a little bit of oil, enough to, to sort of put a coating on them, roast them for a little while, and then put them a little glaze of honey. Just drizzle a tiny bit of honey on them, roll them round, get them all, all coated, put them back in the oven. And that, for me, is just fantastic for um, saving that sweet tooth. Amazing. I like that going down the vegetable route. But yeah, it makes complete sense. What about you, Rab? Do you have one? Well, I don't have a sweet tooth. It's hard for me to kind of go down that route. But when I'm kind of craving something, I would definitely be something honey-related, I would think, honey-glazed, I think. But weirdly enough, I go for cashews when I'm eating something sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that sounds strange. Of all the nuts, they taste the sweetest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would, I would grab a handful of cashew nuts for some reason. That would do the job for me, really. And another option would be, like, if you're looking for something sweet, you know, a lot of people will finish their dinner and go, oh, I need to finish my dinner with something sweet. And that's just a habit. That, that's, that's not grounded in anything other than your mindset or that you're used to as a kid. You're like, your mom and dad give you um, a wee pudding after your dinner and get, get a few more calories in you. Um, so rather than going, oh, I need something sweet directly after my dinner, leave it a couple of hours, let your dinner settle, let all that be processed and then go for another high protein, something like high protein Greek yogurt. Again, add a bit of honey to that, add some fresh fruit to it, some berries, um, and you can have a really high protein. It's going to be a quick, slow release energy. It's going to give you the sweetness because it's, it's, it's yogurt with a bit of honey and fruit in it. So, of course, it's going to taste beautiful. And you're going to get another big source of protein, which is going to help the muscle mass, uh, your connective tissue, bone density, um, and it's going to be much better nutritionally for you. Nice. And off the back of that, what's that easy win for getting a good intake of protein? What would be a good easy win for someone just to top it up through the day if they're on the go? Well, if they're on the go, one of the things we always talk about is meal prepping. And the way you do that is like, say, for example, last night's dinner. If you, generally speaking, people make a protein source, vegetables, whatever, for the dinner. If you then make extra and then you top that up, then you can either have it for breakfast if you're in a rush before you went out, or you put a bit of Tupperware and then have it for your lunch. And that would allow you to have protein on the go, whatever you had, whether that was chicken breast the night before, chucking a couple of extra chicken breasts in, cook it in the same sauce or seasoning, and then you've got that on the go. Or if it was, if you're having some chilli or something like that, again, put it in a Tupperware tub, and on the go you can eat that cold. So meal prepping is always a great way if you're, if you're short of time. For me, if you can do that for your breakfast, um, it can save a lot. A lot of people 
naturally go for the carbs in the morning. It's the toast or the cereal. And um, that, that sets you up all wrong for the day because as soon as you have carbs in the morning, you're setting your blood sugar levels up and down. You have these insulin responses and you're just not going to have the best day. If you can start your morning with protein and healthy fats, then you're going to steady your blood sugar levels a little bit more. You're going to get instant dose of protein for helping with the muscle mass. So one of the things that Rab said there was it's leftover dinner. When you're cooking your dinner the night before, whatever you're making for yourself, it's typically going to be some kind of meat. Most people, that's not everybody. Some people are vegetarians and vegans, but just make extra. Whatever you're having for your dinner, whether you're vegetarian, vegan, or a meat eater, just make extra knowing that you're going to have it for your breakfast. And it just ticks that box instantly going, rather than having my toast or my cereal and having this, this carbs, you're much better just having, having what you would typically have for your dinner than having for your breakfast. And it's breaking that pattern of, oh, these are breakfast foods and these are lunch foods and these are dinner foods because we all subconsciously do that, right? It's like, oh, we can't have that. It's breakfast food. You can't have cereal in the middle of the day um, unless you're a gamer and, and someone like home or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you have leftover dinners for your breakfast and we'd be a good tip perfect that was a question we had from one of the listeners uh who was keen to know how to up their protein easily so thank you for that great so um in your book how to stick to the damn plan you uncover how uh, we can all make it easy when each day helps to living a healthy lifestyle what is one easy win that everyone can do in terms of health and fitness drink more water it's yeah. easy easy to do um, everybody can do it get yourself you know, a bottle um, and that you can refill and set yourself a target of at least two and a half litres of water a day. What's measured is managed, so track it, you know, and if you don't get quite get to two and a half, that's okay. Mark what you did get to and then try and equal or beat it the next day and then over time make it a solid habit. And that's one of the best things you could do for your health is probably the easiest. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people reach for the next big thing, right? I, I want to be fit and healthy. What can I do? So you start Googling stuff or you look at social media and you get these fancy workouts or these fancy supplements and there's weight loss pills or the, 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 the latest amazing workout. And I'm not saying there's anything right or wrong with these things, but then when you're always looking for the next thing, you forget about the absolute basics. And that is making sure that you're, you're hydrated, making sure that you get a good night's sleep, making sure that you are breathing properly, making sure that you're just looking after the general day-to-day -day living or, and how you're, how you're choosing to be on a day-to-day -day basis. Focus on that, then you'll naturally have more energy for actually doing your workouts and, and eating good food. Suddenly, you'll be, your, your brain will be working more efficiently because you're hydrated and you've got a good night's sleep. You won't be looking for quick-release energy because all people look for that energy because, oh, I'm just tired, I need my bread, I need my toast in the morning, or I need yeah. my coffee. Like, well, if you hydrate, get a good night's sleep, you're more likely to make a better decision for yourself. And as coaches, that's the, one of the biggest things that we can give to anybody is self-empowerment. You know, we don't want to be telling you what to do on a day-to-day -day basis. We want to empower you to make your own decisions. And so all our advice is geared around that. Yes, we can advise on workouts and, and what, is, what looks like good nutrition, but essentially what we're doing is educating our members so they can make better decisions themselves. And that starts with drinking water, getting to bed on time, and and breathing a little bit deeper great water i've got checked off sleep not so much so that's my to-do list for tonight get better sleep 100 percent. so your show the secret body aired on bbc earlier this year where you worked with people across scotland on their health journeys 
um, but putting a different spin on the traditional kind of fitness and weight loss program. The participants wore a suit that doubled as their starting body at the start of the process. And as they went through the process, friends and family wouldn't twig that they were losing weight for the bigger reveal at the end. How was that experience for you guys moving on that side of TV, obviously doing your vlogs and stuff yourselves, moving to the TV world? How was that? It, yeah, it was, it was, it was, we quite enjoyed it because, um, I mean, the coaching side of things was easy because we've done it before. Yeah. We actually really delved into the presenting side of it. And um, yeah, we really, really enjoyed it. It just, it just came naturally, to be honest. It was, it was different. It was an eye-opener as well. Um, and but all, overall, quite enjoyable. What, what was, I think the main difference for us would be we're normally doing things either on a podcast like this right now or just on our YouTube videos or Facebook videos when we literally press record and we go. Like back in the early days, we'd record and then one of us would fluff a word or fluff a sentence and we'd go, oh, like, stop, right, start again. And But that very quickly got tiring and we're like, right, enough of that. That was, yeah. that was before the Kelly coaches. The minute the kilts were on, we're like, press record and we go and we go. own all our mistakes. If we fluff a word, we fluff a word we're, because we're only human. And that's what we take pride in and being human, just being ourselves. And I think that's what then people start to to buy into going oh great the guys are just the guys if, if somebody doesn't like us then that's fine you don't have to watch us but if you do like us then great you know welcome on board yeah. what we found with the tv work was there was like okay just one more time we're going to do that one again retake retake okay, okay. we're going to do it from a different angle guys right we're going to do it again but we're going to get the drone up this side we need to do a wide angle we need to do a close-up i mean the end result is worth it because then it's, it looks very professional it's very clean and crisp mm -hmm. and it gets this story, which is really important because it's a 12-week journey to go on, and that's got to be represented in 30 minutes because there's two people per episode, per hour episode. So a whole 12-week journey is then represented in 30 minutes, and therefore it has to be clean and crisp, and the words have to be absolutely spot on. As much as it wasn't scripted, we essentially retake and retake and retake. So that bit was tiring because yeah. we didn't feel like we could fully be ourselves, but we get that from our YouTube, so it's a good it's a good balance. Get a release, get a release mm -hmm. on YouTube. Like it's such a new content, taking off a bodysuit to reveal a, a slimmer, fitter, healthier, happier body underneath. It's just that's the surprise in itself. It's just like the reaction from the, the friends and family. I didn't think about it until I was watching the show. When you're losing weight, you do forget you, if you don't see the progress. Like I, I did it also when I was younger, so I was constantly going on the scales and looking at the number and constantly focusing the number. But obviously on the show, I don't think they go on the scales throughout the process, is it? Well, we did we did track their weight, yes. And that's how we knew how much they lost weight overall. Mm -hmm. But they were able to use the suit as an instant before and after every yeah. eat. That's the main difference. Although they were tracking themselves once a week, this, you know, the numbers on the scale, as you know yourself, become unemotional. You look at it, and sometimes you might not feel 10 pounds lighter because you've been looking at it at the end. When they have the suit on and then they take off, they're like, oh, there's those 10 pounds, you know. So yeah. they get that visual, which is quite powerful. Yeah, it was really nice seeing. There was one I watched, I think it was Lisa, who was, she was from Forest originally, was that right? That's her, yes. Um, her one, and when she she felt like she wasn't making any progress at all, and then when she put on the suit, she, it was kind yeah. of a two-pronged to kind of realise how much she had lost, but also she was reminded of how, about how far she's come and stuff, and it was actually really nice, a nice thing to watch. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa was absolutely amazing. Um, a very emotional episode and really emotional journey for, for all of us involved. I remember um, lots of the film days with Lisa and she went through a real roller coaster, um, having a bit of a health scare uh, to then put on the suit, getting really emotional, 
And she's absolutely, you know, she's a beautiful person inside and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's actually going on to now be a personal trainer because she loved yeah, the process so much. So much. She was already helping a few people with her, with her fitness. And that was a big part of her journey because she was always that person to go to asking for advice within the local village. And then she's like, but I just feel like I can't be that person anymore because I put the weight on and I'm not feeling myself. And her going through this whole journey and, and letting that emotion out, understanding where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are and working on them. And now she can help, you know, going back to that, that analogy that you were talking about with the, that personal trainer putting on weight, that's completely nonsense as far as I'm concerned. But when you do get somebody who's genuinely been overweight, genuinely gone through the emotions and what, what, the, what they've gone through, the reasons they're overweight and the, the fears, the insecurities, the self-judgment, you know, all these little things. And then to come out of that as a happier, healthier, more vibrant person, that's the type of personal trainer that you want. If you're looking for somebody who has been overweight, that's the type of person that you want to go yeah, to. definitely. That's amazing that she's meant to be a personal trainer. It's great. I always take that as a, as a huge compliment. Um, <laughs> if, you love, if you love music, like see when you hear like, I love acoustic guitar and I can't, I've got no music talent whatsoever, but I love listening to acoustic guitar. I mean, you hear somebody play really well, you go, oh, I want to do that. Like, I don't just want to listen to it. I want to do it. I want to create that. And it's a huge compliment to the musician. So when, when you work something with somebody and they go, I want to be a personal trainer, you go, yeah, it's a good compliment. Like, well, I've yeah. done something well here. Yeah, you've inspired. And if you had a client who is struggling to see their progress, what is something that you say to them to help change their mindset? Is there a kind of go-to phrase or anything that you can I use for them? Like the man plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes um, there's different ways to measure your success. Obviously, there's a number on the scales of measuring tape. But sometimes it's good to have an outfit that they either used to be able to fit into but can't, or an outfit that they'd love to be able to fit into but can't. And one of our members coined the phrase progress pants, because she was American, so pants and wears trousers, but nonetheless. And it's a great idea. So the idea was still there. We were saying them get an outfit. So now it's just progress pants. I'm working with someone at the moment, and their progress pants is a, a walking jacket that they can't zip up. Now, Okay. What they do then is when they're ever struggling, maybe the scales haven't budged. I'm like, go try on your walking jacket. Oh, I've got the zip up shut now. It's, it's tight. But, you know, and because that gives a feel. Because numbers, you, they'll look on the scale because they see each other every day. They won't feel 5, 10, 15 pounds lighter. They won't see it. But the minute you put on an outfit that didn't fit before, it gives that feel factor. They can't deny it. They're like, wow, these didn't button up before or this was far too snug before or, or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden they start to believe it. They're like, wow, this does work. So to answer your question, it's having as many different um, measures of success as possible. Don't base your success on one number on the scale. You, you know, we're human beings. We're so much more than uh, like how we can measure ourselves. You can't really quantify what, what your being is. Um, and to, to, to reduce that to one number is crazy. It's just crazy. So yeah, have many different methods. Great advice. Right, you guys are used to touring the hills of the outdoors of Scotland for workouts, but let's reward all that hard work with the ultimate food tour of Scotland. So you are giving us a double bonus by both sharing your own food safaris. So we're going for starter main dessert. Um, so let's kick off with you, Stephen. Where are you taking us for your kickoff starter? Kickoff starter, I'm going to go up to the islands and we're going to go with scallops. Nice. Um, the fresher the better that's why you've got to be in the islands right you've got to get fresh 
Yeah. Fresh. If you can pick them yourself, which I've never done, just just disclaimer, I've never done it. But I would love to go and just get my own scallops and learn how to cook them, but just get as fresh as possible, even with the wee orange bit on it. It's going to be creepy orange bit. It looks like an iron brew soaked bit of the scallop, <laughs> right? Um, fresh scallops, winner all day long. But with a wee bit of black pudding, actually, I should add that in. Scallops with black pudding and maybe a wee bit of a whiskey sauce or something on the side. That's the starter. And Rab, what about you? Where would you go for starters? I would go for the river and I'd get myself a river salmon. I would throw my rod in and I would catch it first time. That's going to say, <laughs> catch your own hands. <laughs> yep. And uh, just a nice little bit of salmon. And you know when they put that wee fancy um, thingy vinegar, it's called balsamic vinegar, just a wee streak on either side of it. Balsamic vinegar and salmon. Nice Beautiful. Beautiful. Now on to the mains. Stephen, what's your main? Do you know what? I, I, I think I'm trying to be quite um, space specific about the scallops and see for the main, I'm just going to go with a proper, again, as fresh as possible, fish and chips. Can't beat it. But not not from a chip shop. You know, made, made in a proper, um, either home cooked in some way. Again, I'm not much of a chef. So if you go to like a, a really nice restaurant and they do fish and chips, but the chips are like proper, like <laughs> fresh potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, triple cooked. And just really maybe crispy out of shells, but fluffy on the inside. Um, and, then, and then some really, really nice fish with a light but crispy batter. Because when you get fish, fish and chips can be the best meal ever. But it can also be the worst meal ever, depending on where you get it. So a really well done fish and chips um, with some mushy peas. In fact, you know what the peas would be? If you've ever been to Nando's, you get macho peas. And I love them. Macho peas from Nando's. So... It'd be, it'd be fish and chips from a really posh restaurant done so well, but not one, not too posh a restaurant because then they give you too small a portion and we're big lads, we need a lot of food, right? <laughs> it's going to be a middle of the range restaurant with good food, but big portions. And then they would import the macho peas from Nando's. <laughs> Quite the combo. Raz, what about you? I would go and shoot my own stag and have some venison sausages <laughs> with mash and gravy. Nice. Very hearty. Shoot um, a whole stag for some sausages. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that'll last you the whole week. I'm liking the theme here, Rab, as well. It's all home. It's all caught with your own hands and butchered yeah, by your own hands as well. Same day as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the day. And uh, Stephen, what about your dessert? I think my dessert would be a crumble. And Nice. I, I like substance to my my desserts. And you know, a lot of desserts are kind of they're they're often branded or marketed as light and fluffy. You know, as low as light and fluffy dessert, da, 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 because I think a lot of females want that sweetness without the calories. But I kind of like the calories. I like getting calories. I like so a crumble for me is very it's very earthy, very grounding. And uh, again, a crumble can be a load of crap if you get a crap one. If you just buy like a yeah store-bought crumble it's just just nonsense not the same but, but when you get a really nice crumble when there's thought gone behind like the crumble like maybe rather than just a normal crumble be like a gingerbread crumble with with um with rhubarb with gingerbread crumble that's what it's going to be nice i need to pass on my granny's number to you because she'll make you a banging crumble oh. that's a good one not had a that, better one than her one she, she lives up in inverness which is quite a bit away from you she's around lots of hills actually so you can you know make it a workout day up there and then two-pronged attack that'll Absolutely. work out well and, and i should i should probably add to that crumble that it comes with both ice cream and a bit of custard because that was my favorite as, as growing up my mom would always ask 
you want ice cream or custard with your crumble? I'm like, can I have both? And she was like, absolutely. But it's got <laughs> the crumble's got to be in the middle, and it's got to be ice cream on one side and, and custard on the other side. So yes. you choose rather than being mixed together. I like it. I like it. Rab, what's your? I'm trying to think of a dessert you can catch by hand, but what's what's your dessert? <laughs> well, for me, I'm not really much of a dessert man, so I would actually just have a nice space-side single malt, but I'd be a double single malt for my pudding. So you're all enjoying a crumble, I'd be enjoying a nice whiskey. Good, great. Well, that is a bumper food select from lukewarm lattes to bad service, food gripes surround us everywhere. What is your pain points when it comes to food? Rab, you can kick us off if you've got one. Uh, my pain points to food is poor service. Um, yep. Simple as that. I worked as a waiter once upon a time, and it doesn't take much to smile. It doesn't take much to acknowledge and update uh, the customer if something's running late or any issue. So then whenever I'm in a restaurant, I cannot stand poor service. Really can't. Yep. There's ways of doing it. Delays and things happen. That's not what I'm talking about. Talk about how they handle it. So poor service, that'd be my grape. Good one. And Stephen? Mine is uh, bad fish and chips. Yeah, quite right, quite right. Fish and chips is just such a, it's a common dish in Scotland, right? We just love our fish suppers. But I think it's because it's so common. There's so many bad, uh, you know, versions out there where the batter's all soggy, it's too thick, or, or sometimes there's more batter than there is fish. Yeah. Uh, the chips are all soggy. And it's just, it's just like, it puts you off instantly. There's so much calories and just soggy and, and grunginess. It's horrible. So uh, bad fish and chips. There's no effort going into it. There's just, it's like conveyor belt food, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't like conveyor belt food, whether it's fast food or from a, a supermarket. It's like, here's some food, here's some food. Here's like, no. yeah. If you're going to have, like fish and chips, it's not exactly the healthiest of meals. So if you're going to have something that's maybe slightly unhealthy, Make it good, like make it totally worth it that you really enjoy it. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. If you can't manage fish and chips, don't bother. Just leave it. Leave it <laughs> yeah, to the pros. Exactly. Quite right. Well put. Well, if you can't manage fish and chips, then you shouldn't be in the business. <laughs> exactly. I'll use that as a quote for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're at that as well, what is a diet or fitness myth that you both would love to abolish? Is there any out there that really grates on you when you hear it? Oh, I just heard it all day. You only have one egg a day because of the cholesterol. <laughs> really? Like, oh my god, that is like from the 80s. Put your nutrition info right into 2022. God. So one egg a day, god, I, I couldn't cope. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that like, you have a scrambled egg with me with one egg. One egg. One egg. Oh, but the cholesterol, you're like, oh, really? That's what we're talking about? That would be my myth. I would my myth would be uh, that you can't have fish and chips and be healthy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just trying to have fish and chips and all the time here. Um, a, a myth um, that you can't have your cake and eat it and that, that, that is really our message for the Kelly coaches through and through a lot of people think oh in order to be fit and healthy you can't drink alcohol you can't have takeaways you can't do this you can't do this and there's just so many rules and, and people get obsessed with rules like you can never do this you have to do this you have to do this you have to do that you're like fine just chill out because your mental and emotional health is way more important than what you put in your mouth initially. Because when you get your mental and emotional health in order, you'll naturally make better choices. Now, if, so if you're in the habit of having, you know, um, say a takeaway a couple of times a week, and if you want to go on a bit of a health kick, don't think for a second that you've got to cut out those takeaways instantly. You don't. You just have to look at, like, what's the, what's the biggest thing? I know, I'll drink more water. Okay, we've covered that in this podcast as well. If you're... Like I once had a client who was eating a lot of chocolate 
like a lot of chocolate. And she's like, what, what should I do about my chocolate? I'm like, whatever you're doing, keep going. She's like, oh, but you don't have much of eating. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because what we do is we, we change slowly but surely. And then, like, I still eat chocolate and I'm fit and healthy. I still have fish and chips and I'm fit and healthy. But I don't have it every week. I don't have it on a regular basis. Your body and your mind and your heart and your energy, your health, your, your whole happiness represents what you do on a regular basis because your body adapts to your environment. So if you're doing having fish and chips once a month, then it's not really part of your everyday environment. Therefore, your body's not going to have a detrimental effect. You can just enjoy it with a smile on your face and get on with your day. You don't have to even give that second thought. The same goes for if you want to have a wee drink of alcohol, if you want to have a bit of chocolate. If you're doing it on a regular basis, then start with the things that you should be doing and then forget about the things that you shouldn't be doing. You know, focus on hydration, moving more, getting out for walks, and forget about things that, well, I've got to cut my takeaways out, cut my chocolate out, I'm going to have to do this, I'm going to have to do that. Just relax. Yeah. Definitely. That was something um, last series I spoke to Scott Bapti, or series one, I think it was, and he was saying, he said a similar thing, that people need to change their mindset with, don't view like chocolate or alcohol as like a cheat day food, like the whole cheat thing, like it's a bad alignment of stuff that you're still allowed to enjoy all these things it's just all in moderation and changing the way you like your relationship with them really 100%, 100%, guys thank you so much for joining me today that has been such a great chat and i mean you've done youtube you've now done tv you've obviously built your kind of fitness empire as well what's next for you guys what's what's next on the list more tv and you might hear us on uh, on the radio that's that's those are um up in the air at the moment they're they're in the pipeline in the pipeline not yet delivered but you heard it here first great exciting times well i wish you all the best for that i'll be keeping a close eye on everything you're up to but hope to see you soon and we'll speak soon cheers buddy thanks very much great see you later you've been listening to dishing it the podcast all about food in scotland all the businesses and accounts mentioned in today's episode are detailed in the show notes below so you can add them straight onto your food list If you've liked today's episode, remember to subscribe, like, review, share the podcast, you know the script. It all helps in spreading the food inspiration far and wide. And if you've really liked today's show and you'd love to show your support for the podcast, I don't ask for much. You can buy me a coffee through the link below. It all helps in making future episodes of the podcast. So, small violin packed away for another day. Join me next time for more food chats and food frolics all across Scotland. Stay safe, eat well, and speak soon.